The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Well, as we've been telling you, uh, the Humboldt Broncos play their home opener tonight against the Nipawin Hawks. Braden Cameron and Derek Powder are the only two survivors playing with the Broncos this season. Kim Layton trained Derek Powder, battling through his injuries, getting him ready for tonight. He joins us on the phone now. Hi, Kim. How's it going? Pretty good. How's it going for you? Uh, you know, just driving to Humboldt. <laughs> so you're going to the game tonight. Why was it so important to be there, Kim? Uh, you know what? When Derek asked me to come and, and be there, I I didn't even think twice about it. It was something that I wanted to do for him, and it's something that I wanted to do to just kind of put a put a close to the chapter on, on everything that's happened. I, I can imagine that it's a journey you and Derek took together that leads to tonight. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've worked with him for the last, you know, few years, and and when, you know, when you hear about what happened... You don't know if you're going to have a chance to work with him again. You don't know if he's going to play hockey again. So when they told him, hey, you know, you can probably start skating by fall and play by Christmas, that's what that's what we were going to work with. And then when he put his head to the wheel and said, you know what? No, I'm playing opening night. It was like, <laughs> okay, you know, you got to be realistic in the, in the sense that that may not happen. And that was never an option for him. He was going to play and that was it. I remember us talking to you right after the crash, and um, we knew then that you had been working with some members of the of the Broncos uh, over over the uh, recent months and uh, years uh, in advance. And so this process to get Derek back on the ice, um, because if I if I remember correctly, there's a leg injury and he had a, a a fairly significant brain injury as as yeah. well. Give us an idea about how that how that process started. Where do you go from, you know, being pulled from a bus wreck? to to being on the ice playing um how many months later well you know what i mean you got to give the credit where the credit is due and that's first and foremost to him to to just make it happen uh the power of your own mind is an amazing thing and you uh you team that up with some amazing uh physical therapists that are going to get you you know back to the point where you can actually train and the surgeons and the nurses and everybody, and that's where it all starts. So by the time he got the clearance to, to start training, he obviously wasn't 100%, but they, you know, they, they kind of left it to me and said, make it happen. You know, make sure that he's safe, make sure that you're pushing him, but you know, don't undo what we did. And, and here we are today. How, how old is Derek? Uh, 20. 20 years old. Is, I know you work with a lot of athletes. But given the situation that led, and I know you've worked with Derek in the past, but given the situation that was pre- presented to you after April 6th, I mean, did this one just feel different to you? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Pitsy, as, as, as we all call him, it, he's a special kid to begin with in the sense of, uh, you know, I wouldn't consider him one of those just natural athletes. Like some people just have everything. They're tall, they're lean, they're strong. They just have it all, and they're talented. You know, Pitts is definitely talented, but, you know, he's a little shorter. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's, he's pitchy. He's, he's not that natural guy, so he's always had to work harder than everyone else to get where he is to play at the level he's at. And so 
you know, you, you take all that stuff that's working against him, give him a bunch of injuries and say, hey, let's see if he still makes the squad. And, and it was special to see him just kind of really buckle down and say, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there for me. I'm going to be there for that town. I'm going to be there for, you know, the team I no longer have, but also the team that I will be on. And it was, it was something else to just watch him progress throughout the summer. Kim Layton joining us uh, this afternoon on the way to watch that game in Humboldt tonight. He trained uh, Derek Patter, get, Derek Patter helping him to get back on the ice, and he is going to be on the ice tonight. I was watching parts of that special, I think the TSN did, um, and uh, in a couple of them, when it's showcasing you and Derek, number one, you're kind of telling him, you, you, you're holding him back a little bit, saying, no, slow, slow down. It's like he wanted to always push a little bit further. Yep. Absolutely. He, like I said, and like his dad said in that video, he loves to play hockey. Like, that is that is Derek. That's his life. And, you know, once he kind of had the okay that, yeah, you're going to be able to play, there was no holding it back. So it was a matter of trying to not undo what the surgeons did by reminding him, like, dude, you're, you're not quite there, so you got to hold it back. Let's take the process proper. And it's a pleasure to work with people like that. You know, I'd rather have to spend my time reining people in yeah. than pushing them along. <laughs> there's a there's another piece in that uh, in that special, and and he's on the ice, and and you're on on the on the side over the uh, what do you call it the side what do you call them the side boards on the bench yeah yeah, yeah on the bench, <laughs> and uh, you just looked and you said you said to him I can't stop smiling right now. What was going through your head, Kim? Oh, <laughs> you're gonna make me cry here. That was um, that was that was a pretty special moment. Um, I was not mic'd at that time, and the cameras were actually on the ice, so we had no idea that we were being filmed. And the ice session prior to that was the first session that he was actually able to make it through the whole thing. Wow. He'd always had to pull out early; just his leg was too sore, or you know, he just wasn't in it, whatever, and. Man, he was flying around that day, and he he skated over to me, and you know, grab a drink of water, and just said, "You know, man, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready." And I remember just looking at him and, and getting choked up a little bit, and saying, "Like, uh, they bleeped me a little bit. I might have been swearing <laughs> a little on the side, but when when the subtitles came out, where I just said, "I can't stop smiling," like I knew he was ready. And I'd asked him a few times before that, you ready to go? And he was kind of like, I think so. And that was kind of the first time that he'd ever said, uh, like, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, uh, I'm doing this. And so that was, that, was a, that was a great time. Was there any moment between April 6th and tonight when either of you looked at each other and felt quit? And, and felt what, sorry? Felt like quitting. Like quitting? No chance. No way. I, I remember sitting there with, with Pitsy and his mom when he wasn't, he was, he was kind of on the cusp. He was almost ready to go. And, you know, for a kid who's active and playing hockey, who was sitting around his house, he came to the gym and just asked, like, can I just, you know what, training's starting. Can I just come watch? I just need to be, I just need to be around the boys. And, uh, so of course, you know, come on out, come watch. And you could kind of see the heartache that he had. And as he got more rehab and was getting closer, I sat there with him and his mom 
And he's like, no, I'm going. <laughs> and his mom kind of looked at me into this kid. And, and you know, for, for his benefit, for her benefit, I, I just said to him, you might not be ready. You have to accept that reality. And he kind of, you know, to shut us both up, was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, I know that. <laughs> he didn't know that. He was going no matter what. <laughs> and when you have somebody that's that driven, there is no quit. There's, there's, let's make it happen for us. And that's. You know what, Kim? Um, there's there's the whole part. Oh, Kim just disappeared. I think we just lost Kim off the phone, which is too bad because I wanted to ask Kim about, you know, there's being ready, you know, getting through the physical stuff. And maybe, um, Dustin, you can get him back on there. Thank you. That there's um, the the physical part of it and having had a brain injury and mm-hmm. having a leg injury. There's There's the physical part of it and the mental part of it being such a huge um, part of it as well. You know, I, 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 I wanted to ask about that too yeah. because I've done physical therapy for uh, sports injury, yeah, and it, and it's it's hard work and yeah. it's not it's not just training. Terrified. It's breaking all that scar tissue yeah. and and it hurts and it's painful. But in this particular case, there's that other there's side more. of it as well. Kim, we wanted to um, we just wanted to ask you. You, know, you talk about we were talking about the physical aspect of of the of of Derek's healing. Yeah. Um, you know, with the leg and the brain injury and all that sort of stuff. But the mental healing of it as well is getting to the point in your head. How big of a role? I mean, you you know probably better than anyone working with with all of the athletes that you have over over the years about uh, mind and how that can play games on someone. Can yeah. you tell us about that? Yeah, you know, he uh, he was, I know he's been seeing a psychologist, um, both on his own and kind of with his family to kind of, you know, sort through some stuff. But, you know, like any athlete, honestly, one of the most healing things is to be around those other people. And and it was so important to him to just be around the boys. He He, he needed to, you know, get the chirps, you know, be laughed at, laugh at others, and and you can see, you saw in that TSN video just how how we are in the gym. You know, it's it it is just a little family there, and that I think played a huge role for him to to miss it so much, helped him be driven even more. You know, I have to ask just because it's kind of my job. Yeah. In working with Derek, was there anger there too? Angry at the situation he found himself in? Not that I ever saw. Um, his his head injury was so significant that he doesn't remember um, anything from that day. Uh, he remembers, you know, standing up to change. One of the boys yelling, hey, that's my farm over there. Another boy yelling, shut up, who cares? And then that's it. <laughs> oh. That's it. So, so that's, you know, on one hand, that's a blessing. Yeah, on exactly. the other hand, it's like you've, you've lost a piece of, of your life, right? Um I don't think anybody can go through a situation like that and now be, you know, ready to step on the ice tonight and not have some of that survivor's remorse, knowing that, yeah. you know, some of your closest friends are are no longer here. But I think on the other hand, you know, playing in their honor and carrying them on your shoulders is, you know, that's that's a big task that him and Cameron will have to have to carry tonight for sure. 
So, Kim, did you pack a whole bunch of Kleenex to have oh, in your man. pockets tonight? Because I got a you feeling, because just talking to you, and I, I know you, I've trained with you, and 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 I just am going to get a sense that that's going to be just one hell of a feeling when you see those kids come back out on that ice. You know what? Uh, you know those little shaky things they stick on the chairs before big games? Yeah. Uh, they, there needs to be a box of Kleenex on everybody's <laughs> chairs. And I, I know for me, when I see him come out onto the ice, it's, Oh, I'm going to be a gong show for yeah. sure because that's that's the final closure, mm-hmm. right? For me, is to see him back out there and and you know I I like to think I have a really good relationship with these guys. They call me when they're frustrated. They you know throughout the year we talk about you know not just hockey you know and I refer to all these guys as my kids and and you know I love them. I'm not afraid to say it. These I love these boys that I train. And to to go through a life-changing thing with this particular boy is, you know, that'll be a bond, I think, that we have forever. I'm sure you're right. Kim Layton uh, runs uh, Spark Sport Conditioning here in Edmonton and uh, has been busy with some of these boys for the last little while. Kim, enjoy the evening, and it was great talking to you again. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Kim Layton. Bob Layton's son, by the way. Hmm. He's a great trained man. He's a very well-spoken man. Well, well yeah. <laughs> takes after his dad, I yeah. guess, right? But um, um, and as a trainer, and it's and it's funny. I'm not. I'm no athlete. I went to him because I needed to lose forty pounds for a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I started to see. I went, and he did a lot of CrossFit and stuff like that. And oh, I yeah. wanted. I wanted to try it, but uh, he's the only trainer that's ever made me throw up. Really? Yeah. Like literally, throw up. Wow, it was I'm not sure that's a great recommendation. No, it was good. It was tough. I mean, it's yeah. just kind of it's it's tough, and he and he pushes you, and he'll let you stop if you if you say I need to stop. But I I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell well, him you that. Might have <laughs> wanted to say that about 30 seconds earlier. I know, and then I came back. He's like, you're coming back. I'm like, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's going to be an emotional night in Humboldt. We'll keep you updated right here on 6:30, Chad. Thanks to Kim Layton for joining us this afternoon. At 3.30, we'll uh, check in with uh, Washington, D.C. correspondent Global Nationals uh, Reggie Cicchini. He is in Wilmington, North Carolina, watching the progress of Hurricane Florence. He'll give us the latest update on that situation. And, of course, as we do every day at around 4.25, we'll give you the word of the day for our afternoon news. Winter Mm -hmm. holiday in uh, Jamaica. Did you know today is uh, National Video Game Day? No. Yeah, yeah. I and I feel from your I sense from your tone <laughs> that you don't care that I just informed you of that. Mm. Uh I you know, every day is a national something day. Uh but today is National Video Game Day and they asked uh a huge portion uh they did a survey of a uh, number of video gamers mm. of all ages to ask what is the number one best video game ever made? Any guesses? Mario Kart. Very close. Super Mario Brothers was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot of. I know you don't. It, we it, had Donk. 
Donkey Kong. I was going to say, it brings back memories sometimes. Uh, the top ten, I won't bother counting them backwards or anything. At number one, Super Mario Brothers, Call of Duty, Donkey Kong, mm-hmm. uh, Grand Theft Auto, Pokemon, Zelda. I used to play that years ago. Sonic the Hedgehog, Final Fantasy, and Halo. Final Fantasy and Halo were both uh, games my uh, daughters played. And Crash Bandicoot, I've never heard of. Uh, here's an interesting aside to the study. 31% of people in the study said they play video games every day. 41% play video games while watching TV. And 39% uh, say they play in bed. Um, maybe most surprising, 34% said they play while on the toilet. You have a TV in the toilet? Well, you can play it on your uh, oh, on a console. On, yeah, oh, a on phone, your phone or tablet or yeah, yeah. We had when we were kids, um, it was a, a really basic football game. It was... Which it beep 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 in it with, with little, little lines. lines. Yeah, I remember that. I love that game. You actually, that's back when you bought the whole the whole console. You bought was just that game. I remember that's right. that. Like, that's all we had. Like yeah, we, you just went left, right, yeah. right, up, 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 left. And then we yep. had a little, little. It looked like a little arcade game, but it was only about a foot tall. It was the Donkey Kong thing. Yeah, or it's, Super Mario or something. It's like it's that. funny. Um, one of my kids one day was uh, busted my. You know what? About oh look at. Uh, Pong, right? And I, I said, never mind Pong. Look at this. And I showed them that game you're the referring to, game? the football game. It was literally nothing but lines yeah. and tiny little dashes yeah. that were upright. Yeah. Uh, and one of them was a little brighter than the others. Mm-hmm. And that's the guy who had the football. Yeah. You had to use your imagination. Yeah, we and like he, that one. Even I, prior to that, though, there was no lines at all. Like you would enter on a computer, like, mm-hmm. you know, back Commodore 64 days, you would say that this is the play, you know, I'm picking. And the other person would enter with the other, with their first person not looking, what defense they were running. And then you would hit enter and it would think about it for a while and tell you, you gained four yards. And it was exciting. My brother Bob and I played that for hours. Friends of ours have like an original Frogger. Ooh, like that's our original a good game. Frogger. I'd yeah. never played it until I went to their house one night. My Lord. Yeah. It's but that was one. kind of fun. Sure, of course it's fun. They were easier back then. You didn't have to be a, a programmer to understand the controls. Yeah. I used to love hockey until it became this thing where you could do anything. I don't some combination of buttons yeah. and the guy actually, you know, leaves and parks the bus. Like why does he need to do that? But as we go to the three o'clock news, a question for you, Chedville, and love to hear your answer at six thirty, six thirty. What stretch of row do you believe is the worst in the city of mm. Edmonton? Um is it a section um, of the Henday is it uh, 66th Street? I I do not enjoy driving the Yellowhead <laughs> through the yeah. city. I do not enjoy it. Um, that would probably rank up there as one of my choices for the worst stretch of road in Edmonton. We'll tell you why you're asking the question right after this. The 6:30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on 6:30 Chad.